Alec Baldwin, award-winning actor and murderer. Did you think that that was going to happen? Did you think that that was in the simulation plan? I didn't see that coming. Maybe murderer is too strong. But he did kill a person. And uh, that... That's pretty crazy. I don't know if it was his fault, you know? Um, I don't know why uh, there was a live ammo in the in the gun. This is a crazy story, dude. But we're not really going to talk about it because I don't find it that interesting. There's other things I find interesting that we are going to talk about. Look, we're still moving the podcast. <sighs> or ending it, whatever, um, this version of it. But... We're, I'm still going to put out episodes until that time comes. I'm still building the infrastructure. As I explained to you, it's an expensive process and it takes time. The microphone still hasn't arrived. It's it's en route. Did I say that weird? It's on the way and uh, so is the audio interface. The headphones are here, the cans. You remember I told you about them. Um... So, but for now, we're just, we'll just continue to do episodes as we have been. And I'll save, you know, I already have like some in the bank ready to go to record them and they're, they'll be uh, high quality and whatnot. For now, um, there's some clips and stuff I want to talk about. Just some things that really uh, bother me. So I think that's a good place to be for podcasting. Things that bother me. We'll listen to some things and we'll talk about some things. And I think it'll be interesting and fun. Sip of water. Hold on one second. Ready? Check this. Okay, look. Here's where I want to start. Let's start here and then I'll read a couple opinion pieces on CNN. That um, it, it, You can't even believe it. Let's start with just some uh, health crisis stuff. You know, as I had mentioned, we're using coded language now. So you should know what the health crisis is that I'm referring to. And I'm using air quotes when I say it. The health crisis. The supposed or alleged health crisis is what we'll begin talking about. Although the guy in the clip does say the keywords, the buzzwords. So I don't think it really matters right. I'm just practicing. That's what I'm doing. I'm practicing. That's all it is. Um, and then we have a couple opinion pieces, CNN opinion pieces. You would think Donald Trump is still president. If you look at some of these opinion pieces, they can't stop talking about him, but it's because they're in the death spiral. They're truly in the death spiral. It's, it's worse than you could possibly imagine. One of them is about Liz Cheney and the January 6th scam. You know, they have the little committee and the other one is you'll like this one. Two people could save U.S. democracy. That's the name of it. Two people could save U.S. democracy. And we're going to talk about why that's kind of a ludicrous thing to say to begin with. Just the headline itself. Uh, and um, so those are the two opinion articles. I just kind of love going to the opinion section of CNN. It is... It is... I I don't even know what to say. It's really embarrassing. I need to get more light in this room. Hold on. It's really embarrassing, honestly, what goes on there. You hear this? This is blinds. It's open now. Okay. <clears throat> I'm still a little under the weather, but we're getting there every day. So, look, the first thing, we're going to talk about Australia. Obviously, what's going on there. Oh, actually, the first, first thing, the first, first thing is that we're going to point out the fact that Anthony Fauci lied to Congress, and we knew that at the time when uh, Rand Paul was grilling him. And Rand Paul extended an olive branch to him and said, dude, do you want to just admit that you guys did gain-of-function research here under oath? Do you want to just admit it? Just get it out of the way. Do you want to just, because you lied to us, he totally extended an olive branch to him. I mean, Rand clearly hates Fauci. 
And if you listen to this podcast regularly, I assume you do as well. Obviously, there's nothing to like about the guy. He is a monster, an evil, evil monster, Bill Gates level. And um, I would argue mass murderer, but that's a that's a story for another for another day. Uh, sip of water. All around bad guy, nonetheless, but. What did Fauci decide to do? He decided to double down. No, we did not conduct gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute. Well, the NIH admitted that that was not, that they did. I don't know how that happened because I thought Fauci was the head of the NIH. Or the, no, because he has a boss. Maybe his boss is the head of the HHS. I don't know. There's so many bureaucracies. There's so many useless bureaucracies. But he's the head of one of them. I think he is the head of the NIH, and then his boss is the head of the HHS. If I'm not mistaken, I might be very, I might very well be mistaken about that. But either way, he's like second in command, sort of. So how this bypassed him, I am not sure, but it has totally implicated him as a liar. And this has potential legal ramifications. I mean, he could actually, like, you always say these things. Like, would I love to see... Hillary Clinton in prison? Yeah. Is that going to happen? No way. No shot. Be realistic about it. It's just a fantasy. A lot of people have a fantasy about Donald Trump being in prison. And that's what it is. It's a fantasy. I mean, Donald Trump has as much of a chance of going to jail as Hillary Clinton does in the sense that neither of them are going to jail ever. And I'm, I'm sorry. I know we're all disappointed. Some of us are disappointed for the one, and some of us are disappointed for the other, but it's just not going to happen. On the other hand, though, here, with Fauci, I had kind of been saying it like, in a way that, uh, hold on, I got to do something really quick, one second. I kind of was, uh, I had a similar perspective on the Fauci thing. Like, I would say like, oh, wouldn't it be nice to see Fauci rotting in prison? But knowing that that wasn't going to happen and it was just as likely as the Trump stuff or the Hillary stuff, like it's not going to happen. But when he kept doubling down on the gain of function stuff, I said, you know what? He'll still probably get away with it, but he is putting himself into a precarious position by doing this. Like it's curious that he would be so arrogant and I don't know, he's like, he really, I think he really was under the impression that he was untouchable, and he probably was, mostly. But it seems like this is a major story. Obviously, you can tell something is a major story if the mainstream media will not report on it. You won't see any of this on MSNBC, CNN, none of it. So it might actually be a real thing going on right now. Because if it's nonsense, then the mainstream media will report on it. And if it's one of their guys, and it's actually legitimate like a real story, they won't report on it. Or the extent of their reporting will be, this is a hoax, this is debunked. Um, see what they did with the Hunter Biden laptop story, if you'd like to see an example of that. So it's one or the other. It's radio silence, or it's, this is a hoax, this is a hoax. No matter how much evidence there is, they'll deal with it later when it becomes proven true. So in the Hunter Biden case, it was like, no, it's not true. It's not a big deal. It's a nothing burger. That's the phrase they love. It's a nothing burger. And then when it, you know, when it becomes very clear months or maybe a year later that it actually is a real story and it was as concerning as a lot of people were saying, they're like, no one cares anymore. So they don't even have to address it. And then it's radio silence. With the Fauci one, from what I've seen so far, it's that, um, they are ignoring it. So that leads me to believe like, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm trying not to get my hopes up, but it's possible that he could have completely fucked himself over. And you know that Rand Paul is going to pursue this to the extent that he can, you know, generate a conviction and get Fauci legally implicated and perhaps arrested. I don't know, but he's probably going to try to pursue that. And I support him for that. Sip of water. So, um, 
It is interesting. I mean, that whole gain of function thing, it's like they purport for it to be for defense purposes. I mean, I feel like we've gone over it before, but I was listening to a podcast a little while ago where they were kind of rehashing. A lot of the health agencies come out of the military, as a matter of fact, which I wasn't really aware of. But then you think of like the Surgeon General, they have military titles, a lot of these high positions in the health bureaucracy, because a lot of the health bureaucracies came out of uh, the military, which is interesting. So then you realize that this um, gain-of-function research began as bioweapons research, but then they change it to vaccine programs so that they can conduct the same research but say, no, we're only doing the research so we can produce these vaccines just in case another country wants to do a bioweapons attack. And then we'll have these vaccines ready to go. So all they did was change the framing. They didn't actually change what they do. They just changed the framing of what they're doing. So instead of saying, yes, it's a bioweapons program, they're saying, no, it's a bioweapons defense program. And you go, well, isn't that functionally the same thing? And they're like, yeah. So it's fine, right? I don't know, man. It's fucking... It's so stupid, but it's not if you know what's going on, right? Like, if you're coming at it from a very naive perspective, when you're like, hey, why would they do that? Why would they be doing that kind of research? What if they spill? And someone gets sick and they make a whole pandemic by accident. What then? So if you're coming from a naive perspective and you go, why would they be doing that? That so seems so stupid. Then it is stupid. You're right. But if you consider what might really be going on, and we don't know for sure, but if you consider what may be some of the goals of some of these people and groups, then it starts to make a lot more sense and it's a lot less stupid than originally people think. Let's listen to what's going on in Australia because they're starting to lift some of the restrictions for the vaccinated. But what about for the unvaccinated lepers like myself? Let's hear what the Victorian premier has to say about this. And we do have to point out the fact that I've pointed out before. Australia, much like the United States, has states. And each of those states have their own guidelines on the way they're pursuing <coughs> their health policies. Health policies, that's a stretch. Their um, authoritarian policies or lack of authoritarian policies. So there are states in Australia that you wouldn't even know that there's all this chaos going on in Victoria and I believe New South Wales. Those are the two worst. So those are their California and New York in terms of authoritarian mandates and things of that nature. I don't know if there's any other comparisons besides that. I think that those are where the big cities are, like Sydney and uh, I forget the other big city. So that would be the only, uh, I don't know, maybe they're, they're similar in other ways as well. I'm not sure. I don't, I know very little about Australia. But basically, in terms of the way they're approaching COVID, you've got Victoria and New South Wales approaching in more of a California, New York way. And then between the two, Victoria appears to be, and this guy is the, the head of, he's the premier. So he's the leader of Victoria, leader. That word seems to mean nothing. Um, the unfortunate leader of Victoria. And here's what he has to say when asked about the lifting of restrictions for the unvaccinated, when that will happen, or if that will happen. I'm not sure what the question is, but let's hear what he has to say. I honestly don't know the answer to that. That doesn't make any sense to me in any event, and we won't be doing that here. Like, why would you just get the system going? Why would you have the thing up and running, and then essentially pull down that, uh, pull all that down, pull all the architecture that you built, all the infrastructure that you built, the culture that you've changed, 
why would you change that four or five weeks later? We will not be doing that here. I'm not going to say to someone, oh, look, just wait us out, will you? Just, just, just wait four or five weeks, and then you'll be able to go to the pub. No. If you make the judgment to not get vaccinated, and you reckon you can wait out us or the publican or whoever you want to think you're waiting out, you won't wait out the virus, because the virus will be here for a long time, and your only protection against it is... Okay, wait, let's point out, let's stop really quick here, and then we'll continue on it. So let's point out this really quick, this first point. So he's saying... Um, He's saying a message to the unvaccinated people who are thinking that they're going to be able to just wait and not get vaccinated and be able to go back to normal. And he's issuing a threat to these people and telling them, you will not be able to wait this out. Because we're going to keep things the same for way longer than you're going to be able to wait, wait out or like way longer than you want. So this is a threat. But also note what he says here. Let's hear it again, actually. When, let's hear it again because the virus will be here for a long time. And you're only wait out the virus, because waiting out, you won't wait out the virus, because... Sorry, I, I played it like three times. You won't wait out the virus, so... And then he says, because the virus is going to be here a long time. So then isn't that kind of an admission that the... Uh that the preventative measures that they're taking are not going to work? So he has the... He knows that they're not... It's not going to work. He knows that coronavirus is going to... Oh, I said it. He knows that the, uh, the uh, supposed health crisis is going to persist. He knows that. That, that seems to me to be a, a problem in, in kind of like what he's saying. It seems to be kind of a contradiction in what he's saying. So he's saying, do this and do that. And yeah, it's going to be here for a long time. And you're like, okay, so, but isn't the point of all you're doing to, for that not to be the case? But it's, no, but it is going to, I mean, it's like, it's, it's obviously sip of water designed to not make sense. That's part of what these mass psychosis rituals or whatever you want to call them. It's like a big component of it is that it can't make sense. It's not supposed to make sense. If it makes sense, that's not good. It's supposed to not make sense. It's supposed to confuse people. That's just a big part of it creating the um the perfect conditions for a mass hypnosis event or a mass formation let's continue listening or whoever you want to think you're waiting out you won't wait out the virus because the virus will be here for a long time and your only protection against it is being vaccinated okay that's also not true sorry we have to stop there too because that's also just it's just not true i mean they can get away with this stuff the longer things go on and the more evidence accumulates and the fact that they can still continue to get away with saying something like that the only way you're protected is from the vaccine and we know that that's like just so not true that's crazy it's crazy how not true that is that's crazily not true obviously Getting the virus is better, like when you have natural immunity, it's better than the, um, it's better than the uh, immunity from the MAGA jab or whatever jab you get, whether it's the Donald Trump uh, shot or whatever, one of the other ones, AstraZeneca or whatever. It's not... <sighs> So it's just a complete, it's like when, it's like with CNN and the ivermectin stuff and MSNBC and calling it a horse dewormer. And it's so blatantly a lie. I mean, but it's like, this is how they use like technical facts. This is this, what this guy's saying is even worse because it is a horse dewormer. That's one of the uses. It's also been administered to billions of people, human beings billions i think it's been administered to like two and a half billion people worldwide or maybe three billion i forget what the number was but to just classify it as a horse dewormer is the most dishonest thing they did probably in 2021 in the whole year i think it's the most dishonest thing they did and it's such a blatant like just 
like false narrative like even though what they're saying is true that it is a horse dewormer the narrative that they're trying to create is so horribly false it's it's you can't like it blows you away and only those who are fully hypnotized are actually willing to buy into it but even the fact that they are willing to is like really uh it's perplexing and then this guy's out here saying things that are just really seriously false i mean just really wrong in like a strong strong way very very wrong and uh no, I mean, like, you know, the the Covidians won't care. They love it. And they'll say, no, that's true. It's the only way is to get the Donald Trump shot. There's no other way. Let's hear what else he has to say. This will be well into 2022. Well and truly into 2022. Then we're going to get into booster issues. So it won't be your first and second dose. It'll be have you, have you, have you had your third? And then the other issue will be, well... Who knows what uh, variant's coming? Who who knows? Like, we don't. So... Okay, that's a good point. <clears throat> so here's the other thing that's going on that also a Covidian would say is not true, even though it is true, and it's been true for 100 years. The variants are not being created by the unvaccinated. This is another false narrative that they've been pushing. The variants are being created by the vaccinated people. Because you're not supposed to mass vaccinate while there's still a alleged pandemic going on. You're not supposed to do that. I'm being really bad at trying to use coded language. I keep forgetting and I say the words. So when, this is a wash and it's fine. But the, the, so he's talking about we don't know about variants. And meanwhile, it's like he's saying you won't have rights if you're not, if you're not vaccinated. So it's like you're creating a situation in which there will be more variants if people do what you want. That doesn't matter to these people. The, like, I've never seen in my life like, I don't know what how to put it. Truth has never mattered less, I don't think, than it does right now. I don't think it's that I've seen. And we've seen some pretty, pretty bad stuff. I mean, look, Colin Powell just died, or Colin Powell, whatever his name is. And he obviously lied us into, um, or he was at least the spokesman who helped us lie our way into a war with Iraq. So that was also a bad time in terms of like, if you wanted to tell the truth, that was not the, also the time to do it. But I think this is worse, you know? And, uh, okay, let's continue listening. Let's hear what else he has to say. We've got every reason to be confident. We've got every reason to be optimistic and upbeat. This is the Victorians have done an amazing job, but that job includes uh, uh, us making some difficult decisions. And that's to keep people who are not vaccinated out of some of those venues that we've been talking about today. I can't put a date on it. I, I, I cannot put a date on it, but I can tell you this. It will not be when we reach 90%. It will not be, you know... It won't be when we reach 90% vaccination rate. So even if 90% of the population in Australia is vaccinated, that's not enough. So those numbers don't matter anymore. That was just a uh, like a carrot on a stick at the beginning. Now they just threw the carrot and stick away. You remember when they would say things like that, like Anthony Fauci being on TV and being like, well, I think when we get to 70%, that'll probably be about good. And then the next week he's like, oh, it's going to have to be 80%. That, those percentages don't matter anymore. They're irrelevant. And, um, you know, it was just a, a, uh, a another tactic of theirs to, to generate more compliance. Um, there's not much more left to this video. Let's see if there's anything else interesting that he says. I don't remember exactly. Anytime soon. That's going to, that's going to function for a period of time well into 2022. Uh, for instance, I'll give you an example. The Grand Prix in April. I don't think there's going to be crowds at the Grand Prix made up of people who have not been double-dosed. Just to give you a time frame. Doesn't mean it'll end the day after the Grand Prix, but... Uh, that just gives you some sense. 
please don't play that game of let's just wait them out uh, and then we'll be able to do everything we want to do and have not got jabbed. No, that, that will not be the case here. And if you make that choice, it'll be a very long wait and you won't outweigh this virus. If you're not vaccinated, you'll get it and you've got every chance of becoming very, very unwell. Just on that, if, we, if Victoria takes... Who, who is this you that he's talking about? You have a good chance that you'll become very unwell. Is he talking to only so he's just, when he says you, then to him, the word you means people over 70 or people over 65. That's who he's talking about. I can't imagine. I mean, again, this is just like, it's just not true. That's just not the case. It's just absolutely not the case. That you'll become very unwell if you're 20 or if you're 28. I was... I had a 99 degree fever for three hours. Is that very unwell? What is his different definition of very unwell? Is that what he said? Very unwell. Here's what I got to say. Slightly controversial. I don't want to get in trouble with like the FBI for saying this. If you're listening right now, FBI, I don't mean this the way that you're going to take it. And I don't want this to be taken in an extreme way. The first time that I saw this video, the first time that I saw this video the other day, I just envisioned, well, I actually heard it. I just heard the audio and I know what the guy looks like. So I was listening to the audio on a podcast. They had clipped this and they were playing it on the podcast and I was listening to it and I was envisioning looking at him and I could see crosshairs and his face was right in the middle of the crosshairs. I don't want that you to misinterpret that. I do not want you to misinterpret that. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just saying, when I hear people and they talk like this, I don't mean an Australian accent, I mean a, a tyrant. I That's just my mind just generated this image of his face and crosshairs. You know what I mean? So I don't know, perhaps I was looking through a scope in this little fantasy of mine. Nothing. I would never do anything like that. I would never do anything like that. It's just like what my mind just generated that image. While I listened to him saying this, I just was envisioning his face in crosshairs. That's all I'm saying. And I'm not even like, it's not even anything bad, right? I'm not even, I never, I don't, I wouldn't do anything like that. I'm just saying that's I, I envision. That's how it makes me feel. That's how it makes me feel on... Well, that's clearly the way my brain is is going to create an image while I'm listening to this guy talk. That's the image that my brain chose to create. I have no control over it. I can't I'm just telling you the truth. We're almost done. <coughs> I don't know if there's anything else good, but maybe we can get out. Maybe there's one last and then we'll move on to the those terrible opinion pieces. And maybe that'll be fun too. That stands likely could be inconsistent with the other states with with what New South Wales is planning. Are you concerned that Victoria may be viewed as, a, uh, as in economic terms, as a place that, we could, that people could do business with because... No, I wouldn't think so. ...be in that position when the other states aren't? No, I wouldn't think so. Not when 90-plus percent of the community by that stage, probably 92, 93, 94 percent of the community over the age of 12, which is pretty much well most of the consumers across our state, will have been double-dose vaccinated and will be in the process of getting their third shot. And again, the third shot's a matter for the Commonwealth. I don't know who's going to get that and when, but that the, the clock's ticking. We're going to have to start doing booster shots, particularly for our older Victorians who were the very first people to get the first shot. Uh, we'll have to do that quite soon. So I don't, I don't see that as a competitive disadvantage at all. In fact, quite the opposite. That will mark us out as a safe place to come visit, a safe place to be uh, part of that's that's what such high vaccination levels mean oh jesus man i mean it's just so bad it's so bad and it's upside down and everything is actually a lie basically i mean it's like it's really getting to that point where it's like i just hear something and i'm like that's a lie i just my first thought my initial reaction to so many of these things is that's a lie prove otherwise and they and it usually turns out that that was a lie so frequently this has been the worst i mean it's certainly been interesting don't get me wrong 
but it's just uh, very frustrating. It's very frustrating. And these are the people who are in charge, but of course they would be. I mean, what is a figurehead, you know? These people are useless. They're absolutely useless. So let's go into the first opinion piece because this will bring us into something that I want to discuss anyway. And it's right, it's always in the first sentence that they just start, like they got out the gate, they're bad. This is so frequent on the CNN opinion page that right out of the gate, first sentence is just garbage and it gets worse, usually. But the first sentence is always like a zinger in terms of how bad it is. So this is the, um, and these people just look like, this guy in particular looks like an NPC. He looks like a fat NPC, because when you think of an NPC, you don't think they'd necessarily be fat, but they'll play whatever role they have to. And it's like, it looks like he's not even really there. It doesn't look like a guy. It looks like more like a bot, a literal bot. I don't say that, I, I don't engage in hyperbole when I say that. I mean like a literal Two people could save U.S. democracy. This is why my whole problem with this. Like, okay, look. Today we face a full-blown national crisis for our democracy with the voting rights of millions of Americans about to be sacrificed solely for partisan gain. So first of all, I have to like push back. I mean, we don't have a democracy. I mean, obviously the thing that a lot of people say is like a gotcha thing is they go, we don't have a democracy. We don't live in a democracy. We live in a democratic republic. But that is also not true. A republic requires a representative. There are not representatives. There are corporate representatives. The government representatives, federal government especially, in the state, depending on what state you're in, there might be an actual representative or something close, something that resembles a representative of their citizens. But in the federal government, that does not exist. These people are beholden to corporations, and so they represent the interests of corporations. And it's easier for them to do that, because think about it. If you have someone who's a congressman, and in their district there's a million people how could they possibly represent a million different people, even if those people are politically um, homogenous? Is that the right word? If they're politically similar, even in that case, you can. it's not possible for you to represent a million people. It's not possible for you to represent 100,000 people. It's really not. But it is possible for you to represent three companies, you know, or one industry, that's much easier. And they are actually able to represent. In that case, the title representative is somewhat accurate when they are representing corporations. But I have a representative, quote unquote, his name is Josh Gottenheimer. Yeah, me and Josh talk. Oh, wait, we don't talk. We never talked. How could you possibly claim to be a representative how could he possibly represent me? He doesn't know what I think. So he's not my representative. Like, I wouldn't refer to him as a representative. He is a, I don't know, he's just whatever. He's just the guy that go, he's just the guy that goes and works for the government from my county, you know, or whatever, my voting district. It's not a representative. So this whole idea that we have a re democratic republic, we don't. And the idea that you could have a democratic republic that even remotely represents the public at this vast of a scale, it could never work. There's 535 members between both houses. You have 100 senators and 435 congressmen. And you've got 330 million people, maybe. I don't know how many people there are. But there's at least 300 million people in the country, probably. So what's the math on that? Let's just see what's the math on that. Hold on. Let me get the calculator out. Let's see. What's the math on that? You've got 300. Let's just go 300 million. Let's just keep it simple. You've got 300 million divided by 535. This means that each member of Congress has to represent 560,747 people. Okay? One person on average, I'm just saying on average has to represent 560, 747,000 people. Because then with senators, 
It's like, what's the population of California? 40 million? How many senators do they have? Two? So you've got two people representing 20 million each? And the, you can't. You can't do it. It's just ridiculous. Like, if I have a representative, if I hire a lawyer to represent me in court, that's a representative. We're going to go over my case together. We're going to discuss strategy. He's going to tell me what's going on. He's going to tell me what the plan is. That's a representative. I don't even think I could have a representative if there were like 10 people. If I was like one of 10 people and we had to decide who the representative would be, I wouldn't even feel comfortable with that. One person speaking for me and nine other people. I wouldn't even feel comfortable with that. And now you're talking about tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, and then millions of people being represented by one or two people. It is, it, it's like a joke. That's not a representative anymore. These are not, this is not a democratic republic. There's too many people for this government system. Okay, I don't know what the alternative would be. I mean, obviously the alternative would be abolish the federal government. There's no federal government. Bring it down to smaller sizes, more manageable. Even state governments are too big, but that's a start. And that'd be a much better alternative than having a federal government. The federal government cannot represent you. It's not possible. If you're a shit lib, like an Obama bot, or like a you know, neoconservative, then okay, they can represent you, but they're not trying to. That's just happening by accident because you're an idiot. That's just happening because you're so dumb that your beliefs align with the things that Democrats or Republicans are doing, which is unbelievable if someone could be like that. But there's so many people who are like that, and I don't even know if they're human. This goes back to the idea of NPC. It's like, I'm not entirely sure that those people are even human. So for now, it's like, yeah, they are, but I'm I'm skeptical. That's all. So. I don't even want to read the article, but basically he's saying, like, basically they're saying that this new, they want to make, like, a Voting Freedom Act. I don't know what's in the act. There's obviously weird things in the act because they put weird things in every act, even if it's a good idea. Even if the act is a good idea, which is like one out of every thousand acts that they try to fucking pass, when maybe it'll have a good idea. It'll just randomly be like, oh yeah, also we're going to change child trafficking to a misdemeanor. That'll just be like buried. It'll be like a, it'll be like a, a oh my God, it'll be like an act to like, um, you know, for like 9-11 victims, you know, for like first responders who got cancer from all the, the debris in the air. It'll be like an act to um, create like a fund to pay for their, um, their medical care. And just like on page 50 of, of the 200 page act that should be two pages, on page 51, there'll just be a little line that says, oh, um, child trafficking is going to be a misdemeanor. This is obviously just an example I'm using and it's kind of ridiculous, but it's not really. Because when you see some of the things they try to sneak in to these giant bills, it's that ridiculous. I mean, like really insane things that no one would ever agree to. So then what do they do? They just use it as a political bludgeon. Because how do they do it? The Democrats could say, but it's called the Voting Freedom Act. You don't believe in freedom, in freedom to vote? What, you don't believe in freedom to vote? And then, and then the act itself has like really little to do with that. Or maybe that's just a part of it. Or maybe there's a bunch of sketchy things in it that people would say, well, no, I mean, it's like when they did the Patriot Act. What, are you not a patriot? Well, no, I, I don't. Uh, I'm a patriot. That's why I don't think the government should be able to spy on people. Well, you're, but you're not a patriot then because you don't support the Patriot Act. No, well, the, the, the act clearly... Um, would create a surveillance state that would inevitably use the, against our own citizens. So my patriotism prevents me from supporting the Patriot Act. He said it. He said it. See, he's not a Patriot. This is what they do. That's how it's done. That's politics, baby. I'm taking a sip of water. You'll have to pardon me for a moment. So that's how they do it. Um, I don't know. I, I don't even, I, th this seemed like a better idea before I started 
reading it just now, like when I read it just before, I was like, okay, maybe this could be pretty good. But it's like, it's just not. But this is the point that I wanted to make too about just this whole idea of voter ID. So they don't, like, let me get this straight with Democrats. There's so many contradict that part, that is the party of contradictions. And every political party is the party of contradictions. I'm not trying to just single them out. But right now, they're the worst political party I've ever seen in my life in this country. Worse than any iteration since I've been alive. Let's be specific. Since I've been alive. These are worse than the Republicans when I was young. The warmongering Republicans. Well, I guess that's hard to say. So, I mean, at least in terms of domestically. Can we say that? They're actually worse. And they're delusional. And there's just so many contradictions that are just really like, you're like, do you not see this? It's like the idea that they go, if you don't, if you need an ID to vote, that's racist. No voter ID. That's racist. And then you go, okay, yeah, what about, uh, I shouldn't need a vaccine ID to go into a restaurant. And they go, no, that's racist that you think you don't need one. And I'm like, oh my God, please stop it. And then you say to them, well, has it occurred to you that most of the unvaccinated people in New York City, where you have to present your papers, you have to present your freedom papers in order to go into a bar or a restaurant or a theater? Do you realize that most of the unvaccinated people in New York City are black and you don't think that's racist? They go, no, you're racist for pointing that out. What can you even say, man? There is no getting through these people. I mean, I wish there was, but like it is very, very literally a state of hypnosis. It's not, I keep saying that and I harp on that, but it's just, that's the degree of, um, I mean, that's the situation that we're in. And some of them are, you know, it's just like, okay, you know how we talked about this the other day, how there's like 30% of the public is hypnotized. 40% of the public in the middle is just like going along with it because they, they just, you know, they just think it's annoying. They're like, whatever, I'll wear the fucking mask. I'll get the shot. And then the other 30%, is not hypnotized <coughs> and resisting. But the 30% right now who are hypnotized are mostly Democrats. And that's unfortunate that that had to work out that way, but that is also the case. So it's like, they're really a problem. So when you take into account that a hundred million people don't vote and probably aren't politically affiliated, that leaves 200 million people and they're basically 50-50. So 100 million people is a third of the country. A third of the country is hypnotized. Most of them are the Democrats. I mean, we have to be honest about these things. I don't think, and I'm going to say specifically Democrats because there's a lot of leftists and there's a lot of people who are politically left who are not Democrats and who have just as much disdain for the Democrats as I do. One of my favorite authors is Chris Hedges. You should all read Chris Hedges any of his books. Just look up a book, find one that looks like an interesting title or something. Um, and then, re and yeah, read Chris Hedges. If you want to hear from a leftist who's very, very smart and reasonable and hates Democrats, yeah, there you have it. And there's a lot of Chris Hedges leftists or Cornell Wests, you know, people like that. Glenn Greenwald, like these people are out there and there's a lot of people who believe that. So I'm saying specifically Democrats. I'm not saying politically left people. And I'd say, I'd make an argument that Democrats are not politically left at all. I would make an argument that they're corporatists in the same way that a standard Republican is corporatist. And I've said it before. And that's just, so the problem right now are corporatist Democrats or never Trump Republicans. These are the worst people in our society currently. I'm not saying that that's always going to be the case. I'm saying right now, today, October 22nd, 2021, the worst people in American society are Democrats. And the, maybe there's some exceptions, but I've, I've yet, I haven't met one, but I'm willing to I keep an open mind and 
I'm willing to, and I'm not saying someone who just pays no attention to politics, but then will vote Democrat like once every four years for president. I don't mean that person. You know who I'm talking about. You know exactly who I'm talking about. You know exactly who I'm talking about. They're never Trump. They watch CNN and MSNBC a lot. And these are the worst people in our society. I'm also not trying to say that Republicans are much better because they're not. They're also pretty awful, but they're just a little less awful right now, October 22nd, 2021. We've done 45 minutes so far, and I honestly have stuff to do, and I have to go. Um, But, you know, we talked some shit. Um, The last thing that I want to say, because I just remembered this, because I just closed out some windows, and then this popped up, and I remembered that I wanted to bring this up. So this is the last thing I'm going to say. I'm sorry the chair's been creaking. I also am ordering a new chair. New chair alert. It's going to be quiet. I am getting a new chair. I promise. I'm very serious about this new podcast. There's not even going to be a creaky chair. Like, we're doing everything right. For now, you'll just have to deal with it, as you have, and you've been good about it. So, thanks. So, one thing about this other article that I was going to read for you, but or we were going to go through. I wasn't going to read the whole thing. Well, we're going to skip it. It's like, whatever, Liz Cheney, she's like uh, old school, like one of the really awful Republicans, like a never Trump Republican. It's really never Trump that brings them all together. It's like the never Trumpers. And it's like, again, like to me, Trump's a con man. And I think he's like a false prophet to a lot of people. I'm not, I'm not a Trump supporter over here. I also think he was the most hilarious president. I don't think that you can dispute that. Um, So I'm not trying to say, but it's like the people who are never Trumpers, who are heavily anti-Trump, heavily, they are the worst people in our society right now. We need to keep that in mind. But the thing is, um, what have you seen people, this is like, again, another blatant contradiction. One thing that has bothered me so much is the, this, you know, the disdain from like the mainstream, I don't want to call it mainstream, from corporate press from people or like whatever, Twitter, blue check marks, from people who are comparing the vaccine passports to the yellow star during the Holocaust. And people will say, how dare you? How dare you make a comparison to the Holocaust? How dare you? When I've said for a while now, if you're the one who's always saying, never forget, never forget, never forget, then shouldn't we be calling things out way before they look like the Holocaust? Shouldn't things be pointed out like, hey, this looks like a little bit like the, when the Holocaust happened. I mean, it's not, re- not full-blown. They're not like throwing them in camps and stuff, but this is kind of how it started, right? Shouldn't you keep an eye out? Shouldn't you be vigilant? No, but you're not allowed to do that. Unless, this is what, this is a key word that they use. See, let me go, hold on. Let me get the thing back up. So you can't ever compare the, the coronavirus measures the, the blatant government tyranny and authoritarianism to the Holocaust. You cannot do that. It's so anti-Semitic. But what about this? The committee met Tuesday night to... Uh, this article is about Trump and Bannon. It's by Frida Gaitis. I think that's her name. She looks like the type of person who would write this article. I'll read you just one paragraph. Above all, the committee must try to determine precisely what role Trump played in the events of January 6th. A violent assault on Congress on the day when it was certifying the 2020 election results. To many of us, it was a key moment in an unprecedented coup d'etat attempt against the United States. You can't make this up, dude. They're really still calling it that. It really is amazing. Um... So the that right uh, where's the sentence? I'm looking. Oh yeah, that Trump has tried to overturn the. Oh yeah, 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 okay. That Trump has tried to overturn the result of a legal valid election is beyond question. We've all heard him repeat ad nauseum the big lie, capitalized, capital B, capital L, the big lie, the claim that he won. Now, understand this, the big lie, and look, here, we'll just bring it up on Wikipedia right here. The big lie is a gross distortion of misrepresentation, I can do this. 
The big lie is a gross distortion or misrepresentation of the truth used especially as a propaganda technique. The German expression was coined by Adolf Hitler when he dedicated his 1925 book Mein Kampf to describe the use of a lie so colossal that no one would believe that someone could have, could have the impudence to distort the truth so infamously. Hitler claimed the technique was used by, the, by Jews to blame Germany's loss in World War I on German General uh, Erich, Erich Ludendorff. Sorry. We're going to talk about, I'm going to do an episode, I'm going to do a real-ass episode on World War II and the Holocaust and some of this stuff in Germany, and it, it's, it's going to be cancel material. It's going to be dangerous, and I will do that episode, and I promise you, because you have to hear about that. It'll fucking blow your mind. But anyway, here you have this lady. We've all heard him repeat ad nauseum, the big lie, and they have been using that phrase, the big lie. That is a direct... They're trying to draw a direct parallel to the Holocaust. They're trying to draw a direct, to Hitler, I should say, not the Holocaust, but to Hitler. They're trying to draw a direct parallel to Hitler, and they're using Hitler's language. Hitler coined that term. Okay, so, it's like, again, you can't even believe this. It's, it's, it's like, what do, you, what do you even say, man? What do you even say? I mean, we're going to end it on that. Because it's just so crazy. They, like, keep an eye out for that. They will continue to use that phrase, the big lie. The big lie. Well, they got it from Hitler. So good job, folks. Good on you. I'm not saying we should go around making all a bunch of Hitler comparisons all the time, like the way that they do. But it is just funny, don't you think? It is just funny. I mean, their, their lack of self-awareness is breathtaking. Anyway, everyone, thank you for listening. I love you so much. I have to go do things. I'll talk to you next time. Bye. I love you.